Ducks on the podcast. Welcome to the show. This is Ducks. <laughs> That's it. Hey, this is the Ducks on a podcast podcast. I might redo this. <laughs> you want to? We can. Joe, you want to do it? What, open up the show? Well, now we're talking like we're on the podcast. This is not the way human beings talk to each other. I'll start over. But welcome to the podcast. I'm, Joe, I'm David Phillips. Oh, okay. We are. <laughs> I'm a... Comedy. I'm, I'm, I'm more of like a, just a guy that lives in Chicago. Uh, that was a depressing thing to it say. It was, but you know, sometimes you gotta be honest. Uh, <laughs> on the base pads today, we got Joe Fernandez. Hi, how are you all? You are also a comic in Chicago. Mm-hmm. But most importantly, the thing about us is we are baseball fans. Yeah, it's true. And Dave makes a good point. It's been a hell of a week for baseball here in the Windy City. Because not only have we had a lot of baseball... Uh, showing up in town, both the Sox and the Cubs playing this week. Also, some people started going to games. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, the first the first couple of days were rocky. Oh, right. It was twenty five degrees. Mm-hmm. Cubs canceled and the Sox didn't. That's that tough South Side mentality. Yeah, they, they kind of shit that that you know you wouldn't see on the North Side. Cubs Sox played on the same day. Both got snow. Cubs got more snow. Did they? Yeah, they got they're closer to the lake, so they got more snow. I feel like that's still it could not have been that much of a discernible difference. Yeah. But that's that difference, you know what I mean? It's South the, side. That's the kind of place where, you know, north side it's like you go shopping at Noodles and Company. Yeah. For for clothes. And then at South Side, you beat people up for being different. Well, I'll tell you, I went to a game. I went down to Guaranteed Rate. Big old down arrow field. Classic name. On on Sunday to watch him play the uh, the Detroit Tigers, and it was quite possibly the most boring baseball game, just the worst baseball experience I've ever had. What happened? Like why? We went to our seats. Um, so far, pod- so good. Fellow podcaster and uh, also comic Jim Flanagan got us uh, socks tickets. Does he work for them? He does. He works with the podcast uh, over there at the games on there. Oh, I didn't know that. That's awesome. Nice guy, funny guy. Gets his tickets. We're behind home plate. Sit down for about an inning. It is way too cold to watch baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, we stayed until uh, Miguel Cabrera hit a sack fly to drive in a run for the Tigers in the first inning, first or second inning. Oh. And then we went to the bullpen bar and uh, just we, got sloshed. We just got sloshed. And uh, then we left early. And come to find out, that sack fly, the only offensive run in the entire game. But a pitcher's duel can be fun if the pitchers are good. It was not a pitcher's duel. It was a, a pitcher's lament. Because, like, if pitchers... The, like, the worst part is when it's, like... if it, You know, Edwin Jackson, when he had that no-hitter, but he walked, like, seven guys, that is so boring. Yes. Walks are the worst part of a baseball game. They really kill the energy of a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just watching the Astros-Twins game yesterday. Astros rallied from seven down, by the way. It was pretty cool. They lost, yeah. but still, down 8-1, and then you make it 8-8. But, uh, dude, Lance McCullers walks six dudes, and it is just... It's just, it's... it's so slow and boring. Baseball is already kind of interminable sometimes. And I keep on using the word interminable. I'm not even sure I'm saying it correctly. But it makes yeah, it feel... Like, you're like the guy from, uh, uh, Princess Bride. That's Inconceivable. Right. And, and you, and you interminable. Wallace Shawn. You kind of look like him, and I'll be and here at Nigo Montoya. You keep you, saying interminable. I don't think that word means what you see, think it means. See, here's the thing. You think that you're that guy... And you are, uh, you're either the Andre the Giant or, uh... <laughs> Not physically. No. Well, where it counts. <laughs> In the junk? No, you both have terrible drinking problems. <laughs> but, 
what made it worse is it was fun. It's fun to go to a ball game. I hadn't been one yet this year. Uh, but what made it is just like I left. And speaking of wrestling, I was going to watch seven hours of wrestling for WrestleMania immediately yeah. afterwards. But who am I to turn down a free baseball game? But it wasn't free. It's basically like we got up early to go to an expensive baseball-themed bar. Yeah. Um, I mean, the experience is what it's for. Were you even kind of paying attention to the game or no? A uh, little bit. Once we went to the bullpen bar and started smoking weed pens in the bathroom, that was kind of checked out on baseball. The, how would Jim feel about that, that you used his tickets to, to dope up? Um, you didn't just say no. You did drugs at guaranteed rate field. I'm not going to say it wasn't entirely my idea. So, whose idea was it? I'm not. I'm not going to call. Not at liberty up. to say. I, I'm just going to say I got it from the bathroom attendant cleaning out one of the clog stalls. I guess he's going to get fired now because of you. Oh uh, well, you know, maybe it's for the best because I, you're cleaning out shit on a cold day on the <laughs> south side of Chicago for a meaningless game between two terrible teams. Maybe you need a kick in the pants. Yeah. But, well, I'll tell you this. Uh, people have complained about. Why they're scheduling these games up north, and the commissioner... Did we talk about this last week? I can't remember. I'm always up for some commission talk, even if it's repeat commission talk. Man. Well, you know, I, I like Manfred's personality, but... Some can you mansplain stuff... Manfred to me? <laughs> uh, I can man Barney, the man Flintstone's point I was going to make. Okay. Man Wilma, man Betty. This is fun stuff. <laughs> um, no, but he said... Uh, like He's like, people don't understand. Like, we're not going to front load... 20 home games for a team and then screw them at the end of the year. Listen, you like, that's fucking not, that's not fair. Twitter losers. I'm the commish. I'm not going to front load. Meanwhile, the Cubs didn't play a home game. He's the game. Michael Chiklis of the baseball. Yeah, he is. He's, he's the commish. He's just a, he's, was Michael Chiklis the commish, too? He was on the shield. Oh, maybe I'm, maybe I'm confusing him with someone like Columbo or something. Well, Columbo was on Columbo. He wasn't the <laughs> maybe commish I'm of, uh, Maybe I'm thinking of uh, The Wire. Yeah, I, I don't know. There was a commissioner on there. Maybe yeah. th- are you thinking of Peter Gammons? Maybe. Let's not dwell on this much longer, though. But what I will say is that it makes sense, though, that it's, it's like, not too late to start the podcast over entirely. No, but I mean, here's the other thing. When Minnesota specifically, the Astros are playing there, that field's roughly, what, five years old? Oh, not even. It's like two or three. Yeah. What was no roof? Retractable. Cheap ass taxpayers in Minneapolis. Uh, you suck on my asshole if you can't afford a retractable roof. You shouldn't build a roof for a baseball stadium that will only need it like two weeks out of the season. I mean, but uh, like the Brewers have it because of the heat. Or, well, no, be, well, not because of heat. No, I'm thinking of the Diamondbacks. They did it there because of the heat. Uh, the m- Brewers did it, I believe, because it's more. It was more in fashion, and that just seemed like what everybody was doing. But I can see like places like Florida, there's a, way more rain, and so you want to have the roof as like a practical matter. Yeah, but I mean, then but the, Minnesota. It's also, like, in terms of rain, just it's a practical matter then. Yeah, I don't think any baseball stadium should have. I think retractable roofs are cool and very, very stupid. Why? Because they're just so unnecessary. No, they're not. You, they're, they're there to, so you don't have to reschedule like three games, and so you're building an extra. Or so like, you don't play the first three weeks in the shitty conditions that we had. Or you just move games. There's half, more than half the teams play in warm climates. Just play the games there. You you've slowly gone down a hill of no logic whatsoever. What are you play talking all about? the games? Play all no. Play start the season there. Have those teams. Play I was just home. telling you why they don't do that because they can't front load twenty home games and then have that team then be screwed at the end of the year when they're on the road for twenty games. 
Well, you space it out. They already do that for some places. Like no, they, but that's they, they do sp- it for Wrigley when they have concerts there. They're gone for like two and a half weeks. No, I know, but they don't want to do it at the end of the like when you front load it like that. That means that team will be majority on the road a lot of the season now. Like more often than not, they'll have longer road trips. As well, it doesn't. On. We'll just make the longest home stand of the season because everybody's got at least one long like two and a half week, two week home stand where they're not going anywhere. They're you know running errands. They're spending time with their kids. There's also only so many warm climate teams that can, I mean, you know, you can't have the entire AL East going up against the AL West and then suddenly it's like, well, where are the Tigers and Indians and Twins yeah. going to play? Or here's actually my solution. Uh, just play in the cold. See, I actually am not, I'm actually on board with that point. I think, they should, have, like, I think they should have played in the snow up in Wrigley. Uh, it was terrible to watch baseball in the cold down at, uh, down in uh, the Sox game. But you know what? You got to get these games over with. Right. I'm sure it devolves. I'm sure. I'm sure the quality of pitching and, and play goes down a bit. But also, you've seen a game in Buffalo when there's like a foot of snow. Yeah, the game is not the same. But them's the breaks, kiddo. Yeah. As Humphrey Bogart, huge baseball fan, would say. And if you don't like them rules, get the fuck out of Buffalo. That's what the mayor. That's what O.J. Simpson said. He sure did <laughs> when he was there. <laughs> um, but like, that's why. That's one thing that I'm on board with. When people are complaining, it's like, but everyone's playing in that same environment. So then it just sucks for everybody. Yeah. Uh, well, and inclement weather is part of outdoor sports. Yes. That's why I don't think they need to have retractable roofs. Baseball is an outdoor sport. Yeah. Well, you can't play in the rain. They don't even do that. I don't even know. Football, I think, even, that they have they'll sometimes postpone a game depending on how yeah. far the rain Like, falls. you know when you go to, like, a, like a movie theater and they have, like, the Dyson um, faucets that also have the hand dryers yeah. built into them? That's how I feel about retractable roofs. Like, that's cool, and it kind of saves you something here. But for probably the amount of money you spent for this, it is so unnecessary. And then with roofs, too, half the time they break or they don't even work. The one in Montreal never works for Olympic Stadium. Okay, but name at least three or four more examples of that uh, The crane crashed in Milwaukee when they were building it and killed some people. That's not the dome malfunctioning. The roof... Has broken. You pulled a Donald Trump there, where you said it, it happens all the time. Where it happens all the time. Uh, <laughs> numerous instances. Uh, it has happened on a, a several occasions. It's yeah, like, no, but you can't. But you like one was during construction. People are up there eating. The other lunch. is a team that <laughs> hasn't been around. There's a roof repairman up there just having a sandwich, not realizing a storm's rolling in in Milwaukee. The roof just starts to close. Like Leroy, get out of the way! But then he squished. Honestly, the one time I was at the the Brewers Stadium for when they did close the roof, it was when it was too hot, and they don't even have AC. But it was so hot, they were like, fuck, we'll close the roof. But it was like an oven in there, dude. I nearly passed out. Like, they don't, I don't think they have AC in there. They don't. I know because it was a 100-degree game, and it was fucking hot. There was oh, they no, have those back windows they open. They only have heat there. Like It's the same with Houston. They only have air conditioning. They don't have heat. Oh. That's okay. why the game was fucking cold. The Astros played like their coldest game ever, I think. So. Um, yeah. Well, well it sucks to watch baseball in the cold. It sucks to play baseball. To play baseball in the and cold. pitchers, you know, I was surprised by honestly because you you'd think it would lead to like blowouts, but, but you gotta gotta get them done. Yeah, but you would think like so far the games I've watched, it seems like the pitcher somehow has been able to work through it, which is weird because because these pitchers have pitchers with grit. Well, no, I mean, I'm sure it hurts your fucking hands. You can't get a good grip on the bat, and also, yeah. I mean, the cold air does knock the ball down for sure. Dries you your know, mouth not, out. Yeah, he's got like that. That was the worst. You breathe in. That had nothing to do with the point I was making. I just want that to be clear. I'm just in addition to your <laughs> point. The, the ball getting knocked down and it dries your mouth out. Yeah. Um, 
A lot of fights this week, too, though. Yeah, that was the other thing, is uh, violence. In, maybe this has something to do with the weather. People, like, uh, was it the Tigers? The Tigers specifically had played their first week and a half of the season in, like, an average of 40-degree temperature because they just got every Midwest team and Detroit, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, a lot of big fights. The, the Padres, Rockies, and from what I understand, Tom Hanks was in attendance to that game, mm-hmm. and as they were fighting, he came out and goes, there's no violence in baseball. There's no violence in baseball. Are you committing violence? There's no violence in baseball. Was he crying the entire time? Yeah, he's like, crying's allowed. Classic Tom <laughs> Hanks crybaby bullshit. Yeah. Um, I was. I honestly thought that man, that would be nice to have Tom Hanks <laughs> at every game Just, to let them know don't don't commit violence. No, uh, you know what I thought of today is uh, well, the D-backs bullpen has quickly abandoned their. Uh, their bull, car thing, bullpen car. Yeah. But what if you know, how, like bullpen always jogs in. Like depending on the seriousness of the fight, they'll come in because they're just there to like be security. That is always a cool visual of those like pouring in, like these enemy armies like coming on. From See, both the it's dugout cool and... if there's an urgency, but half the time they're like, oh. <laughs> kind of like uh, power walking out there. Yeah. Um. But what if hit you know hit Bassman, Nolan Arnado spikes his helmet. Pitcher for the Padres, I forget his name, whips the glove. All it's bedlam. Fights breaking off, he's yanking, swarming around like one of those big flocks of birds. You yeah. know, this this pack of you know, no punches are being landed, of course, because the more intense the baseball fight, the less chance anybody ever gets hurt. Yeah. You see like 20 guys dive on each other, nobody ever connects. But what if it's it's reaching a fever pitch, uh, pun not intended. When out of nowhere comes screaming in from the outfield, it's the bullpen staff riding in the bullpen <laughs> cart <laughs> with bats and gloves. Bats. Yeah, yeah. Pah. It's like Vikings coming through. They're um, running. They're just running over people. Now, what was the? Do you know the background behind either fight? I didn't get a chance to check out what happened with each. Uh, each fight. I believe. Obviously, Red Sox Yankees is just that's kind of par for the course. Those guys just know how to perform for the fans. You know, that's yeah. what they want to see. I believe there was some sort of bad blood between the Rockies and Padres. Uh, Nolan Arenado got drilled so that yeah but i mean like so that's why i'm wondering like did he do a home run trot that was too long no i think they were uh they were trying to hit their guys before for fighters oh i see there'd been like there's some tension in the air yeah and then you got him and he's like all right like it's like two ex-wives getting together you know it's people press each other's buttons yeah you notice how bad my analogy was it was supposed to be like you know you would say like a husband and his or ex is getting together and i said two ex well joe the same reason i don't point out your flaws is the same reason i have mine i don't listen to what you say you should i know we're on a podcast that's why i'm this is i'm not even putting this up it's just a whole exercise to get me to be a better listener (laughs) and you know what those women they wouldn't have divorced that guy if he was a better listener so something to think about yeah those women in that analogy I made up. Um, what was I thinking? The no, I mean here's my thing is that oh, I was like, gonna say how like baseball it's like baseball players are very we've discussed this before very petty yeah angry tired guys who who basically every day get somebody kicks them in the shin like you ever just stub your toe like once a week you're like fuck or you bite your cheek yeah or you like jam your finger they do this every day so they're always in kind of a bad mood yeah and. When someone is pressing your buttons and you're in a bad mood, what do you do? You, you blow up and get angry. Now, if that person is pressing your buttons by trying to throw a baseball at you at 100 miles an hour... That'll press your button hard, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to press your button with my, my fist. Um, my favorite, one of the biggest ones that was really crazy was the one with your team, actually. Chris Carpenter and Johnny Cueto, when Cueto was like... He was like up against the oh, net. Oh, ended, like ended Jason LaRue's career. What? 
Johnny Cueto kicked him in the head against the netting and gave him a concussion, and he was done after that. Former Red, longtime Reds catcher Jason Larue. Oh, I didn't know that it I, ended someone's career. I thought he was doing it on Carpenter's back too. You there? They'd all got pressed up against the net. But that would freak me out too. That's a human reaction. You're getting pushed up against a net. You're not gonna like. You probably. Like, I'd be. He afraid was of- being pulled from behind by the mob of guys, and the uh, Larue wasn't even playing. I think he was just coming in. And he got pressed up against the the back the backstop, and Cueto being grabbed is just flailing his feet, mm-hmm. and he kicked uh, old Jason in the head. Yeah, I will say more than a baseball fight. Here's what I love is a baseball rumor about someone fucking someone else's wife, and that's why they got traded. Oh, what you have one in particular? Mark Grace and Rafael Palmero. I think Mark Grace was fucking Rafael Palmero's wife, and that's why they traded Palmero to the Baltimore Orioles. There's a great tradition of Chicago athletes fucking their teammates' wives. <laughs> It's always great. It's just so funny to think about. Was it though. Patrick Sharp for the the Blackhawks? Did he fool around with someone's wife? I just heard he was fucking everybody's wife. I don't know <laughs> if it's true. I'm not even that big of a hockey fan, but I'm like, man, that's Sharp. Well, Delonte if I ever if, if I'm ever married and I happen to, you know, celebrity golf outing or, you know, charity, <laughs> hockey fundraiser, and there's Patrick Sharp. One thing I'm not doing is introducing my wife to that guy. <laughs> Charming, steely-eyed son of a bitch. <laughs> I mean, the most famous one, I think it was Delonte West having sex with LeBron James. Oh, mom. yeah. But that's... I I don't think that one was true. Have you met LeBron James' mom? I have. I was having sex with her the night that Johnny... Uh, Cueto? Kicked her in the road. head. That's how you remember it so vividly? I'm like, hey, Sports Center was on the get background. off of me. They're check out the ball game here. <laughs> hey, old hag. <laughs> And I'll tell you what, your son ain't that great either. You old hag who's my age? Yeah, my <laughs> like, age old hag. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, sec- trying to think, I know, I'm I know a poor listener rumors. who is sexist but still loves the game. So. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I mean, I've heard other rumors about play, like players getting traded because I'm just like that. Whole, remember the one, my favorite was Chris Benson's wife. She said, if you ever cheat on me, I will have sex with everyone on the team. I think it was when he was a Met. And... Where, where is this quote coming from, though? Is this what Just look, I guarantee you, this is on par with, remember last week when I was surprised by Gabe Kapler yeah. promoting jacking off and shit? What's his name? Chris Benson. Chris Benson. And oh, Chris Benson's wife. I do remember this. And she said, I'll fuck everyone on the team if you cheat yeah, on Anna me. Ben, is it Anna Benson? Yeah. And Hot then, lady. And then they were in New York. They're at the Mets, too, mm-hmm. right? I do remember that. And then he did. Now, I don't know if she followed through on her promise with having sex with, uh, I know you want to suspend this one on the team. I don't know, Johan Santana? In his twilight years? Sure, sure, sure. Mario Johan Santana, I'd go for Chris Benson's wife. Why not? Yeah. I'm not pitching well anymore. Dude, that's one of those things. Santana, he was like so good. Is he a Hall of Famer? Because, I mean, they were talking about this last night where it's like they prefer longevity. You have to be good your entire career. But there are guys who they had some of the most dominant seasons for like five years mm-hmm. and then weren't good before or after the injuries. But like five of the best years you could have as a baseball player – you know, it's weird to think about guys like. Well, there's definitely like they were. Um, they had an article on this on uh, I think it was the, the Sweet Spot blog on ESPN about predicting 50 current major leaguers who will be Hall of Oh, uh, I saw that. Yeah, and it was basically every catcher on the list, like uh, Buster Posey and uh, Molina, were like it seems like Molina just given kind of like like his career like consistency would like that's a lock, but he doesn't quite have like the. His offense the hits right and there, homers yeah. and stuff like that. But, you know, even um, uh, Posey, he's won an MVP. And three World Series. And three World Series, but it's like, at the same time, like, 
that's in like kind of a window of his career. Yeah, too, he had like a five year where he was just lighting it up. Well, and then when they brought up Joe Mauer, I was surprised how many credentials he had, and yet he's not even he hasn't even gotten to two thousand hits yet. Yeah, and he's you know his career's coming to a close pretty soon. But I remember him being like the epitome of a great hitter. Yeah, and he would go on. You know, he'd be hitting four hundred through the first couple months of the year. Well, I mean, and it's weird to think like, wow, that guy I like thought of as like a dominant player, and he may not go to the Hall of Fame. Like it's crazy because. Well, yeah, a lot of those guys just played for so long too that it's like, you know, it's like the Simpsons. It's there's probably more episodes you've never seen than the ones you actually watched. Yeah. <clears throat> but I thought guys like, I mean, Edmonds was the same way, mm-hmm. and he was just voted off on the first ballot. He didn't get enough votes, and so he's now he's never gonna make it unless he gets a. Yeah, I mean, but also... But I mean, he was on the same ballot as Griffey, too. And so he just kind of suffered by being next to Griffey on the ballot. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'd have to look at his career numbers, but it always felt like he wasn't... A, it felt like he was always, like, above average. Like He, he hit was, a lot of home runs. No, I know, but still, like, would you consider him... Like, when you think back to, let's say, the mid-2000s, he was part of a great team, mm-hmm. but him and Larry Walker, I feel like, are kind of comparable in terms of, like, they were good. They were really good players, but would I would you say Johnny them. Damon is a... <clears throat> Mm, that's a close call too. See, I, I think Damon's gonna get in no problem. You think? I think so. Just because of Red Sox Yankees. Red Sox Yankees and just not that. Does he have the three thousand hits? I don't even know. I just feel like he's also another guy who was like he was really good, but I don't know if he ever was like dominant. Like like Joe Maurer was the best catcher in baseball at yeah. one point. So was Buster Posey. So it's like it's weird to think about how they were the best catchers at one point in time for a stretch. And just like Santana, I don't know when he's up for Hall of Fame or if he already has been, but he was like... <laughs> I look up Jim Edmonds' stats in the first news headline from YouTube from October 25th. Maybe it's just because maybe Google listens and it monitors my previous search results and tailors them to my specifications. I've heard about this. Uh, did Megan King Edmonds have an affair with Jim Edmonds during his something something? So Wait, Megan fa- King Edmonds? I don't know who that is. but His wife? The... His daughter? It's on YouTube. Who's married to someone else? Like Meg, Yeah, she was married to... Um, Scott King. Scott King. I was going to say Don King for a little while. Oh, that's better. Because that's a reference everyone will get. Martin Luther Don King. <laughs> Martin Luther Don King Jr. Um, no, I mean, I don't want to get mired down in Jim Edmonds' career stats. <laughs> I'll tell you what he did do. He had big time home runs when we needed him. He wore a windbreaker underneath his jersey in the World Series. He looked ridiculous. But I don't give a shit because he made great catches and he had a terrific smile. The last one is what really should have got him in the Hall of Fame. The smile? They never consider the smiles. He's a handsome dude. dude. They were showing him on opening day. And there were rumors that he was gay, right? I heard tell. Anybody who is pretty in baseball, they're like, oh, that's a gay guy. You know, Baseball is still probably the most homophobic sport, I think. Oh, no way. Football has to be. No, man. Like, it's, like in terms of public... Talk about it. Football players, I think, are... Well, Michael Sam, but I mean, I'm just saying, like, I still feel like football is the most machismo, Neanderthalic of the sports. Uh, it's a lot of religious dudes in baseball, though. I guess, and there are a lot There's of... There's just foreign, more like, as people. As is the most foreign-born people, which, I don't know, I mean, you know, that's... I don't know if that is a qualifier. Well, a lot of uh, players from like the Caribbean and uh, and Mex- uh, Mexico and South America. A lot of them are Catholics. Yeah, that may not be as progressive on the issue. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, I still think. And obviously, God's real because their life went from terrible to amazing. Yeah, it's hard not to believe in it when that happens. Um, My life was better, and now I'm here doing this. And so, God is obviously an illusion created by power structures to keep us complacent. <laughs> Yeah, you have a different view than Jose Reyes did. Uh, yeah, absolutely. 
Lucio. Um, That's the wonderful rainbow that is reality. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, no, we were just talking about we were, somehow we were talking about Edmonds, and then we got into that. Oh, oh, we, people, oh people were saying he was a, he was gay. Oh, Edmonds was gay. But yeah. they said the same thing with Mike, Mike Piazza and A Rod and Ty Cobb. Ty Cobb. They called him. He was so racist because he couldn't fuck a guy like he wanted to. Yeah. The Georgia Peach is what they called him. What do you think that was for? Because he had sex with men. <laughs> Classic comedy trope. Take controversial figure, make him straw man for my gay slurs. But, no, in terms of gay... I was going to call him Gay Cobb. That would be my only joke. <laughs> That's pretty good. Thank you. Gay baseball, though. It, the guy who created the high five was gay. The Dodger. You've seen that the very short 30 for 30. Oh, was it the guy in the Dodgers? Yeah, so Don Baylor, they were... The Dodgers had three guys... I thought he was on the A's. I thought that's where it was. Mm-hmm. It was the Dodgers. Because the Dodgers had three guys who did 30 home runs, and they have one more dude who does it. They have four dudes who hit 30. I think that was the first time that would have ever happened. Mm-hmm. Don Baylor hits it, and as he's going to the dugout, I can't remember the guy's name now. He's a smaller player, you know. And the guy's hand was just up like this, and so Don Baylor just kind of grabbed it, and that's how the high five started. We're talking like the 1970s. Mm-hmm. Can you believe the high five has only been around for, what, 50 years? That's crazy. What do you think? There's like guys in the Civil War high-fiving each other? But I mean, but <laughs> thumbs up. Thumbs up has been around since Coliseum days. You're telling me the high five is just... And no one, no one outside of America does it. If you watch soccer games internationally, no one high fives. Yeah, well, I think sports have popularized it. Um throughout the world to the extent that it's ha- it has. I didn't know, but like, it wasn't until I met my friend's English buddies, they were like... How long the f- has the fist pump been around? Hmm. That's interesting. Because that's, an, that's another big one. That's kind of like the solo high five. That's you giving a high five to yourself. Yeah. I think uh, fist bump, if I had to guess... Or fist pump. Fist bump is different. I think a fist pump is more just... That's something like... That's the old do, Obama yeah. terrorist greeting fist bump. <laughs> For those of you who remember what presidential controversy he used yeah. to look like. Oh, that's right. Because him He's... and Michelle fist bumped and they said that was like too black to do or something. Yeah, that was like a bat signal to Al-Qaeda. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know, but I just, I mind blown when I saw that documentary about the creation of High Five and I'm like, this is bananas. Yeah. I mean, because it's just, I think what threw me is the fact that it's the dichotomy of that that's 50 years old. And the thumbs up is seriously to let them know that they should let a gladiator live in the Colosseum. Uh, I also heard that's uh, an, an, an here's another fun word that I can't quite say an anachronism. An anachronism. It's a popular belief that is historically inaccurate. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> what? If- Often a story. Joe, I don't know if the Joe just farted again for the third straight podcast. Yeah, man, but I didn't bring we, it up. You did. We well, <laughs> you. You teed it up. I, I hit a dribbler down yeah. the line. Um, but no, so then, what is it from? I mean, that because that makes total sense. That's well, that the, the thumbs up, many lived, and the thumbs down, many right? Died. Then you died. But that that's not was, true. It was like a hand signal that. Uh, I thought you just said it's not true, though. Well, they did some sort of thumb, but it wasn't. You live, thumbs up. You die, thumbs down. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Are we uh, getting that? Yeah. Good. That's still Joe farting. That's letting. That's. Letting us know we should wrap up the podcast, probably. Some guy just fucking set his alarm off. Um, I'm trying to think what other news this week, though. I mean, we, you know. The uh, head coach of the Diamondbacks called Yadier Molina a motherfucker. Oh, yeah. Leading them both to get one. Called him that twice. Dude, I mean, I don't know. I, when I heard about Not that, out of anger, but out of just trying to stick up for his guys. Yeah, and I mean, I'm trying to think. I, yeah, okay. If I'm Yadier Molina, I'm like, stop, stop doing that. And I can see how it can get intense. Mm-hmm. Uh... Yeah. 
I was trying to think because at the end don't of the day, don't ever call a guy with neck tattoos a motherfucker. Yeah. He's not gonna. He's not gonna react well. No, he's obviously not been through sensitivity training with those tattoos. But that's not. You don't get a. You don't get a neck tattoo after completing your first week of sensitivity training. And then I think actually Yachty's a very sensitive guy. He's just fiery competitor. Because the best of his brothers. After, he, oh, most definitely. Yeah. Afterwards, he's like, "Well, he, like, what did he call you?" And he's like, "He called me a motherfucker." Oh, he just straight up said it. Yeah, he's like, he "Called me a motherfucker." He did it twice, twice though. Yeah. Twice. And that's not. because well, he was. And then the best part is like, "That's not professional." That's not how we. Did do he that. really <laughs> say that? Because that's so funny. That's true. <laughs> he's trying to like tear the guy's head off. He's like, like just screaming at him. Like that's why he got suspended. He bumped the umpire. The umpire even was like, "Dude, he called him a motherfucker." I understand. Is that true? The umpire. Yeah, the umpire really wrote that? a report, but they just suspended him. Mm. Suspended? Is that how you suspended? Suspended. He was suspend. I can't talk today. He was. He was suspenseful. He was. Uh, but they're like everyone's of the belief. Oh yeah, Yachty's not gonna get suspended. Because he didn't, he didn't really instigate. Uh, it. But, but then I mean, he, did, he, he instigated the physical, like the altercation, like so yeah. the the verbal uh, altercation was started by the manager. But then him standing up, it was because he bumped the umpire because yeah. the umpire was trying to separate him. Yeah, yeah, that's why. Um, but also, like as if framing pitches is not something that happens all the time. Well, and this guy's it's the same about thing it, like, about stealing signals. Like people bitch and moan. Also, I mean, you know, you watch enough baseball games. Like I was watching the Astros game yesterday. And Bregman, they kept calling these outside strikes. It, seemed, it was weird. It seemed like it was only for Bregman that these outside corner calls kept going against him. Still had a four-hit day, though, so mm-hmm. that was kind of cool. But uh, <clears throat> what I don't get is that you'll see pitches that are close, and regardless of if they're called a strike or a ball is going to affect. But, like, they're so close that the pitcher, of course, thinks he got the strikeout. Mm-hmm. The hitter, of course, thinks it's off the plate. And both are going to be – one of them's going to complain if they don't get it. So it's like – what's the umpire supposed to do is, like, a fraction of an inch – is what he's calling right now. Yeah. So cut the guy some fucking slack. It's not like it's a pitch that, you know, is fucking... Way- like, there was one pitch I'll never forget. It was the Blue Jays-Royals. And it was when the Royals clinched against the Blue Jays to go to the World Series. I think it was the, the year they actually went on to win it. This pitch was so far outside. A 1-1 count, too, and which makes a huge difference. 1-2 and 2-1. But, I mean, this fastball was, like, fucking at this guy's grandma's grave. You know that expression? He threw it. Yeah. He dug up his grandma, opened up her her mouth, stuck a threw a ball right in there. Yeah, it was outside. Pat, closed her mouth, stroked her hair back, mm-hmm. gave her a kiss, put her back in the grave, walked away solemnly back to the mound. Strike two. What yeah. the fuck? And it was it was a high and outside fastball. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, that like that is something to freak out about. But otherwise, when it's like. A fraction of an inch. Yeah, yeah. And I get that, like you're saying, they do play every day. But I think, I would say, obviously, NBA has the worst player ref relationship. Mm. And baseball, overall, I think they do a good job of, like, making sure the fans can't tell when they're complaining. Like, you know what I mean? They'll put their head down and kind of say well, there's something. Like a, or, there's, like, a procedure to it. You yeah. can do pretty much say anything you want except openly question whether it was a ball or strike. No, I think that no but, players but will say they'll be like, I thought that was outside or I thought that was low. I think if you're showing up the opposite when like the fans can there's tell. There's actually there was a a lip reading video I saw where it's basically the common thread is if you go disagree openly, call them out, disagree on the balls and strikes. That's like an automatic ejection. Really? But if you go like, was that outside? And then they go, yeah, and you go. That's fine. See, I I've seen players, but that's that's even more annoying though. 
well, probably I, the umpire. I remember reading the lips during the when the Astros were playing the Yankees. Uh, Todd Frazier got called out, and this one is frustrating is when it is a strike too, and yeah. they're complaining. Well, but Todd Frazier, I read his lips. He goes, "You have not been calling that." And he's like, "I have." And he's like, "No, you have not." Which means I think Todd Frazier knew it was a strike, but he's like. You, you've yeah, not you're been calling at, that low strike. In the game, you're adjusting to their strike zone. I think that's yeah. when players get really like upset. Is when they prefer a consistent you, strike zone. You ring me up on that pitch the next time, okay? Or it's a ball the first time. I'm going to use that as my baseline for the rest of the game. Right. And then the next time it's a strike. Now I'm just guessing up there. Yeah. You're making well, it nearly impossible for me to. And this is like life or death for me to get like. As a, as a hitter, you prefer consistent, even if it's a bad strike zone, like pitches on the out. If you know that's going to be that way, yeah. now you know if something's outside, you better hack, which makes it easier to adjust. Well, I also kind of do, the one thing you can do to take care of all of this, of course, is have the... Um, we talked about this in the first yeah, episode. Yeah, we, yeah. you know, uh, eliminate the balls and strikes from umpires and make it all, all you know, computers and cameras and stuff. But... The one thing I would miss from that is just the psychological drama of getting in an umpire's head because that's the whole point of going out there and screaming at him. I think a variable strike zone is actually fun. I think that like having to adjust to the umpire is an interesting part of the game. So have you ever played like? Um, I think players would hate it, honestly played, like, if it was a defined because there are a lot of times where a pitch barely hits that pitch tracks. Yeah, and it's like a, I think a player would be pissed it's if like, you're consistent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you could you could program that into the game if. Pitcher is consistently hitting his spots and just gets bigger. And it's also somewhat generic. I mean, it's top of the knee or bottom of the kneecap to, I mean, letter high, I guess. Yeah. But also, where does that inch line get drawn on each player? Like, I mean, that's why a variable strike zone isn't the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Do you, when you would play like MVP baseball or like any video game simulator, would you turn on the variable strike zone? Yeah, of course. Of course. It's because it's just it adds a little bit of chaos to the, yeah. to the soup. And I always hate when people said human error when it came to like fair or foul balls because it's like no, that is one that really has an effect in the game. But pitch to pitch overall, except the one I referenced earlier, mm-hmm. overall, see that everyone's dealing with the same bullshit. The difference between that too is that robs from the fan experience. Like a blown call, it maybe takes away a walk, or it maybe takes away a strikeout. Mm-hmm. Strikeout would probably be the biggest one. But no one is, like, getting mad because, like, oh, we're supposed to get a walk. Yeah. But you, like, lace one down the line in, like, a big spot. and it's People clearly remember fa- that. It's yeah. clearly fair, and they call it foul. You're just you're just deprived of that moment. And or like, a home oh. run that goes foul, and they call it fair. Yeah. Vice versa. Like That stuff, too, though, I was watching the game on. I was watching the game on Facebook. Uh, we're getting out about there. We got. Oh. Yeah. I was watching the game on Facebook, and they, um, I was watching on my cracked phone screen. Uh, Cardinals and uh, well, that's the variable phone screen too. Yeah, that always makes the game more fun. Just watching on my white trash TV, <laughs> my my poor poor iPhone. But uh, they call a... that an Iowa iPhone. Yeah, uh, we call it the babysitter when I was a kid. <laughs> no, but they, it was clearly a home run that they called a, a a hit. But then it was clearly a home run upon review. It still took them like t- ten minutes to figure this out. Yeah. So the thing with review, I'm just going off on a tangent about replay now. Either, no matter what you do, it just has to be fast. So you stay well, in the moment of the game. I think, if anything else, the, some of the reviewable calls I've seen, it's so bang-bang even on... Because, you know, Ty goes to the runner, but it's like, if we called him out, I mean, it's bare, if, if, he, if it is a tie, it is hard to tell. Oh, yeah. And that just shows how tough an umpire's job is because, like, that's why they have to look at it over and over because well, it really is so bang-bang a lot of the time. Well, there's this thing I just came up with now that no one's ever said before. It's a game of inches. Hmm. Reminds me of sex. If your dick's tiny, you're not good at it. 
your dick's huge, people want to have sex with you. Is that that how it works? Yeah. I read that in a baseball blog. Sure, sure. Keith Olbermann brought it up one time. (laughs) Baseball and sex is a game of inches. Um, And then he said, I'm arrogant. Yeah. (laughs) George W. Bush is a war criminal. I'm unnecessarily confident. He is Um, very confident. Yeah. All right, Joe. Who, who's the best baseball team? Who's the best team in baseball this week? Honestly, man, I you know, and I hate to say because they're in our division, but the Angels, fucking a, man. Like Shohei Otani. Remember we talked about him having an ugly girlfriend. Well, now his he's girlfriend's got, hot he, as fuck. He's got a hot wife. He's got beautiful kids. He's got a harem. He's I got like, like seven wives. He's got like a old. real cool mistress who is like you know just not too pushy about their relationship. Doesn't really see it going anywhere, but is just having a good time and yeah. understands what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I mean, just because of the week he had, that's just in 12 strikeouts, a perfect game of the seventh, and you hit three home runs that week. Like, yeah. and, and you know, some people have said, like, oh, it's only the first week. It's like, okay, but that's still one of the best weeks in baseball history that anyone's ever had. He's doing it for yeah. sure. So I got to say, right now, the Angels are, I mean, and they're pitching, obviously, their depth, pitching depth is a problem. But now when you have a guy like Otani and Trout hitting in the same lineup, that's good enough to win a few games. I know probably the bottom of the lineup, like with Andleton Simmons or whatever, is probably weak. I think like, Old Man Pools is going to have some moments in there too. Yeah. Well, if you have a good lineup, you know you can get some protection. You can get guys on base in front of you. They have to pitch to you. Cole Calhoun's a decent player, you know. Great. Um, that's a great name, Cole Calhoun. <laughs> Sounds like a grizzled <laughs> detective. So that's an old racist gay baseball player. <laughs> Who's your? Who do you say? You know, it's a tough one. You could say uh, Mets. I, I'd be the I, easy pick is the Mets. Yeah. I but think, I don't think their health is going to... I mean, pitching is so... It can easily go south so quick when you're relying on pitching. It's true. But if I'm going based on just, you know, for second week in a row, I might just have to go the Pittsburgh Pirates. See, I mean, and that's, that's what they've been getting since the season started. Offensively, yeah. they're great. I mean, they're, Marte and, and Bell and, and uh, Polanco, they're all good good players. It's just they're pitching. I don't know how they're going to do it. You know, actually, um, scratch that. Pirates doing great. Also doing great. I'm going to go with the Arizona Diamondbacks, who I watched an entire series. I actually kind of like the team. I like Zach Grinky because he's just a big, gangly weirdo, who I told you I found out watching him pitch the other day, received a samurai sword for winning the 2009 Cy Young. Which and, is, he, and he gave the Cy Young to his folks? He or? gave the yeah. Cy Young trophy to his parents, and then he just kept the sword. And it was apparently so proud of this sword that he got. And just the image of him shirtless in the backyard, just slicing baseballs. I don't know if he's what he's doing with it. Well, and what's crazy is that maybe just doing some like meditative, like. Well, a deleted scene from Kill Bill is Bill trading in his Hattori Hanzo sword for a Cy Young. <laughs> so right. yeah, yeah. Him and Zach Greinke have a lot in common. I like that Zach Greinke is also going to die trying to masturbate while having a belt around his neck. I also like that there was a Troy Lovello as the head coach. That reference deserved more, just so you know. Yeah, I wasn't listening again. I'm sorry. Yeah. Typical, typical man. But he quickly went from, um, this motherfucker over here is doing this. This motherfucker's been doing a, whoa, 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 whoa. He, he got the hands up. The look oh, on his, once Molina got up. Yeah, yeah one, Molina's the, a scary looking dude. The look on his face once he saw what was happening was just like, oh, I fucked up. I fucked up. I fucked up. I mean, Molina kind of looks like he's the guy who runs the gang from inside prison. Like, he's able to, like, make sure everything runs smoothly on the outside, but he also controls the guards. Yeah, like he's no, a, a, tough he's a very he, he commands respect. Yeah, I think is what you're trying to say. If you were going to be less racist about it, Joe. He looks like fine. He looks like the white supremacist dude from Breaking Bad. How's sure, that? sure, sure. I I, was <laughs> like, gonna, I mean, he does. I was going to say I would get nervous watching him eat an apple slowly. You know, just 
Also, neck tattoos are more prominent on people who are in, let's say, illegal activities, generally speaking. It's not people, like, you're not normally clean cut. Yeah, it's not like he has a teardrop tattoo. He's just got a couple neck tattoos that are hard to decipher. I don't know. Neck tattoos specifically are like... I think they're deeply personal. Yeah, they're, I mean... He's just kind also, of... I'm not saying he... I'm just saying he yeah. looks like a tough guy. Like, that's yeah. what, you know... Listen, I love him. He's the captain. El Capitan. And a Hall of Famer, in my book. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make him... Have you, well, you know, they talk about Omar Vizquel, too. Oh, yeah, 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 Being, yeah. I don't know. It's hard. D- defense is hard to measure. But Ozzy oh, Smith, other, that, other thing real quick. the the offensive numbers either, and he's there. I do have to get going, so yeah. let's do it. I was gonna say, yeah, Diamondbacks are me. Different uniforms every week. They never wear the same thing twice. Yeah. They got snakes on their hats. What's not to love? <laughs> Thank right. you for listening, everyone. This is uh, Ducks on a Podcast. Uh... Thank you for listening. Every every week. See a new week. fart. A new fart. New farts. <laughs>